Children's Church, you are dismissed. Special thank you to Pastor Andrew last week who uh, preached on youth ministry vision and uh, it allowed me to kind of make a split-second decision and say we're getting out of town and heading down to Watoma and seeing some friends, which was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so uh, one of my highlights was, uh, you know, there was that whiteout, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how it was up here, but in Watoma it was just crazy and we couldn't come back that night on Sunday. And uh, I heard that a friend of mine was stuck in, in, in a snowdrift uh, later that end of the evening. And so uh, he wasn't in church that day, but I, but I stopped by to help dig him out with another friend, you know. And he sees me, he's like, Niall, what are you doing here? I said, I drove down from Three Lakes to help out, you know. I mean, what, what else, you know. So uh, it, was, it was fun. It's fun to surprise people and, uh, and see friends. So uh, we did that, and I am thankful that... Um, I hear Pastor Andrew doing a great job. Uh, I got phone calls that week, and people didn't miss me, and it was it was really good. It was really good. So uh, thank you, thank you, good stuff. Um, one other thing from our benevolence people um, and firewood ministry. This time of year, as cold as it is, you know, I've gotten some calls from people about firewood. We that's a, that's a ministry of this church. So so if you need firewood please give us a call. And, and you can imagine that I've been hearing more of that from people, and we want to help. Um, if, if propane's the deal or, you know, the gas bill is, I mean, this time of year it's hard. Uh, we have a benevolence ministry for that. So when, when money starts to run out, um, you can consider giving us a call, okay? All right. I want to let you know that. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, I don't know how familiar this story is going to be, but here, here we go. Uh, Mother goes to her son's room and starts banging on the door. Son, it's time to get up for church. It's time to get up for church. Bam, bam, bam. And the son's in there and he's like, Mom, I don't want to get up and go to church today. I don't want to go. You're going to get up and go to church today. Bam, 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 bam. I don't want to go. I'm going to give you two reasons why I don't want to go. All right, what are they? Number one, I don't like those people. Number two, they don't like me. (laughs) Mother says, You're going to get up and go to church, son. I'm going to give you two reasons you're going to go to church this morning with me. Number one, you're 47 years old. Number two, you're the pastor. All right. (laughs) All right. Um, So apparently you're here. So you got out the door. You must not think we don't like you that much, um, which is good, which is very, very good. I want to talk to you this morning about taking the next step in, in, in the church, and that is church membership. So all of you that are already members, I know you're tuning me out right now. Oh, I get to turn that, dial that down. You know, we're good. And all, the, all of you that are not members are saying, I hope he doesn't get on our case. Too bad. You know, I, I get that. So this will hopefully be painless, and I'll let the Spirit do what he wants to do. And if the Spirit comes and hammers you, you know, that's on God, not me. Okay? Are we good? Okay. All right, there's my disclaimer. Um, it'd be really good for you to have some notes for this. Uh, so if you want to look in your bulletin, I'm jumping around all over the place. They'll be on the screen behind me, uh, but uh, they'll also be in the bulletin. So uh, check that out. There's some good blanks there to fill in. Um, talking about church membership. Uh, Joshua Harris, the guy that wrote I Kiss Dating Goodbye, also wrote a book called uh, Stop Dating the Church. Clever title from the I Kiss Dating Goodbye guy. Um, stop dating the church. He just he just wrote a book about joining the church and being fully part of the family of God. It's a good book. It's a short book. I recommend it. 
Um, and in the book, he says, there are three attitudes that people have that keep them from becoming members. Three bad attitudes. I'm not saying there's never a good reason that you might have for not becoming a member. I, I, I get that. I get that. But there, there are three bad attitudes that some people have that keep them from becoming church members. I think it's great that we call them attitudes because it suggests that you can change. You can have an attitude adjustment. I'm ready to give it to you now. I'm, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Um, okay. Like I said, hopefully painless. Um, some of us have adopted self-centered attitudes, self-centeredness, meaning that we think the church exists just for us, just for us. And, and so it's hard to commit to a church because, because you never know. I mean, the church down the road might have better worship and the church 25 minutes away might have better preaching. So how can you commit when there's other churches that have better stuff going on? You know, why would you commit to one church that's really good at only one thing? Okay, I, I'm not kidding you. I've read true stories. I've heard of people that, you know, they they, they go to the, the non-denominational church for the worship and then they jet out the door and head down to First Baptist for the preaching, you know, and they like the, they really like the people at the Presbyterian church. So then they go over there, you know, and hang out with them. So I, I'm not saying that we can't be friends with believers in other churches, please. I mean, that that's fine. That's good. Um, but if there's a self-centered attitude then it becomes about you. Like you walk into the church and you go, how is this church going to meet my needs? Wrong attitude to have. It's how can I join what God is doing in this church? Right attitude. Okay, so some of us have self-centered attitudes. Um, that's that consumerism thing that, that we get going. Uh, some of us have, uh, number two, proud independence. Proud independence. Proud independence sounds like this. Why do I need to go to church regularly? Because I have awesome devotional time on my own. I mean, I'm out there hunting. Sorry to pick on any hunters. I'm not doing that on purpose. But I'm out there hunting. It's me and God, and we're just connecting. Or every morning I get up and have a cup of coffee, open my Bible, and it's like Jesus himself is sitting right there teaching me. I don't get that at church. I don't like the preaching that much, or I don't like this that much. The people kind of drive me crazy. Why would I invest in that church when I have such a good spiritual thing going on already? I mean, maybe if they need me for something, I'll show up, you know, and, and give them a hand. That's proud independence. It's like, it's like you've signed your own declaration of independence. I don't really need the church that much. I don't really need them. I've got it going on on my own. Thirdly, the third attitude some people have is uh, that of a critical eye. A, a critical eye, meaning you look at the church and all you can see is the problems. All you can see are the problem people, the, the hypocrites. The worship is too loud. The preaching is too long. I'm so sorry. Um you know, all, all, you have a list of reasons you shouldn't join the church. And so you don't. Because all you can see is the bad stuff. And if it were up to you, you'd start your own church and do it right. But whatever you do, don't let anybody join because they'll mess it up. A church is full of many different personalities and people and decisions have to be made. And, and you know what? Jesus 
is the shepherd of this church, but he entrusts the running of the church to fallible people. And so this church won't be ever be perfect. The church will be perfect when we get to heaven. Some people have a critical eye, and all they can see are the bad things. And they like to talk about the bad things. Let me give you then seven reasons you should consider joining the church. That is, not just regularly attending, but actually, I'm going to join, I'm going to become a member of this church or whatever local church you you go to. I realize we're in the middle of winter, so I probably have fewer uh, vacationers at this time of year. But if you are, and you're from somewhere else, uh, why should you join your local church? Why should that be? Seven reasons. Number one is full identification. Full identification. Check out 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. You have it in your notes. You can look at it up on the screens. Here it is. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy. We've been singing about that this morning. We want to be holy. Together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. You see what Paul does in 1 Corinthians 1, 2? He's like, I'm writing to the church of God in Corinth who are called with everybody else to be part of the people of God. So in that one verse, you see the capital C church, which is like everybody everywhere throughout history. And then there's a small C church, the the local church. Now, back then, there wasn't the uh, denomination thing going on. You know, it wasn't like um, I'm in the Apollos denomination, even though they tried to do that sometimes. Uh, But they they would be separated by geographic location. There's the Corinthian church, the Galatian church, the Ephesian church. There's probably these house churches that are going on in this city, and so Paul's writing to them all. Here they are. Send, Send this out. And so even though geographic boundaries were the, uh, the way you had a local church, and of course today we do it by denominations, and I, I don't know how you feel about denominations. Some people think they're really good, and some people don't like them at all. I, I've met both. I've met people who love the Lord but hate denominations, and, and vice versa, you know. Uh, wait, hate the Lord and love denominations? That didn't come out right. But uh, you, you get the picture. I know people that love the Lord and love denominations and think that they're helpful to us. That is a way that we've created uh, boundaries based on what certain churches teach as far as doctrine, how they practice that doctrine in the church. So whether you think that's good or bad, that's, what we, that's the reality in America today. That's, just, that's what we live with. So there's local church divided by denominations, and then there's capital C church, which is all of us. Every believer in Jesus Christ, part of the capital C church. And we've got to hold these things in balance, right? Because if you, if you fall on the side of capital C, you know, everyone, everyone part of the church, you may never become a member of the local church. Because it's kind of like, why would I hold myself back from being involved in all these churches, you know? And, and, and there's, there's enough of me to go around. That, that's, that's capital C church. If you lean too far that way, then you end up thinking, I, I don't need to join a local church. That hold me back. Then again... If you fall on the other end of the thing and and the local church is it, and you don't think much about the universal church, then you end up talking like this. My church has it all right. We do things right. The church down the road does not. I wouldn't pray for those people down the road. Really? The people worshiping the same Savior and preaching the same gospel, you wouldn't pray for them? 
See, that's what happens when you overemphasize local church. It's I'm right, they're all wrong. Maybe we'll be in heaven together, but maybe not. But if they're preaching the gospel and they're actually receiving the true gospel, we are going to be together forever. So we've got to hold these things in balance and, and get that balance right. Not always easy to do, but we've got to get it right. So when you become a member of the church, what you're saying is, I want to fully identify with Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church. I want to fully be a part of that body of Christ. That's my local church. Just like a Corinthian would say, I'm part of the Corinthian church. Paul wrote to me. That's pretty cool, you know? We'd say, yeah, we're part of the Three Lakes Church. Okay, so that's full identification. Um, second reason is accountability. Accountability. I want to read a lot, a, a very much a, a heavier sort of verse. And, and I'm not going to give you all the context like I wish I could. But here we go. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11. But now I'm writing to you, this is Paul, that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. With such a man, do not even eat. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. Now, contextually, you've got people, they've got this person in the Corinthian church that is committing these gross acts of sexual immorality. I mean, just, and Paul's like, you should be shocked and ashamed that this is going on in your church. And then he takes it a step further and says, well, look, really anybody, and if, if you say, I'm a believer in Christ, and I'm also going to slander people, I don't care. That's a problem. If you say, I'm a believer in Christ, but I can do what I want with my body because it's mine, and I don't have to obey God's laws, that's a problem. And, and Paul says, we've got to restrict fellowship with believers that do that. Now, there's right ways and wrong ways of doing that. As I read 1 Corinthians 5, I see church discipline in action here. I, I don't think this is a call for us to be the morality police and be like, hey, you gossiped about me last week. We ain't doing dinner ever again. Sorry. You know, that, that's just how it is, you know. Sorry. Or, you know what? You're pretty greedy. My Christmas gift was pretty small this year. You ain't coming over for next dinner, you know. I mean, next holiday, we ain't seeing, you know. We, we, we don't do that, you know. And if you come to cross-training, here's my plug. We meet over here and we discuss the sermon. If you come to cross-training, we'll probably go a little bit deeper into the context of how and when you might actually not associate with somebody. Like, what does that look like? Because seriously, Jesus ate with tax collectors and sinners to reach them. These are unsaved, lost people. He didn't separate himself from them. But if you are saying, I am a member of Three Lakes Evangelical Free Church, and I can do what I want... Church discipline gets started at that point. When you're a member, you are saying, I need accountability in my walk. I need accountability. I myself am accountable to our church board. I've got a bunch of guys now that, I mean, if they see something wrong in my life, they have every permission of mine to call me up, sit down with me, and say, this is out of line. Do you think you don't need that? And if you do think that you don't need accountability, are you saying that I need it because I'm the pastor? And if you say that, are you setting up different standards for Christians? 
Or should I be held to the same standard everybody else is? And if you say, no, you're the pastor, you should have a better standard. Well, then I say, okay. If you read the qualifications in in 1 Timothy to be an elder, I pray that I meet every one of those qualifications. I pray that our board meets those qualifications. Do you think you shouldn't live up to those standards as well, though? To be temperate, self-controlled, husband of one wife, managing his family well? I mean, do you think that those standards don't apply to all of us? Of course they do. I know the stakes are higher because as a spiritual leader of a church, you need probably extra accountability because that's a different position. But we all need accountability. So when you join a church, you are saying, if I get out of line, I give you permission to get in my face, show me my sin with, in gentleness, in love, but, but, but directing me to my sin so I can repent. One of the most powerful sermons I've ever heard in my entire life was Moody Founders Week, John Piper, and his sermon was called, Perseverance is a Community Project. And he preached that day, and he, and he was saying, if you want to persevere in your faith, you've got to do it in community. If you don't do it with a group of people, that's bad stuff. That's bad news for you. We all need accountability. In fact, I was reading uh, Mark uh, Dever, who's, uh, maybe you know him, a pastor in, in Washington, D.C. Um, he's pretty well known in this country. And he, uh, when he gets in front of a group of college students, he says this. His word's not mine. He says, if you don't join the church that you're regularly attending, you might just be going to hell. And, of course, college students are going, you know, what's that? You know, what is that? And, and they're shocked. And, and all he means is, he doesn't mean that church membership means you're saved, because only Jesus saves. Only Jesus saves. And so I agree with the theology pre- professor of mine that said to me once, um, there are sheep without and wolves within. You know, that's the church. There are some sheep that are not part of a church, and there are some wolves that are inside the church. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. There are sheep without and wolves within. But sheep need accountability because sheep can go astray. And the church provides that accountability to say, oh, don't let sin harden your heart so that you might walk away from the living God. Don't do this. Because our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. And Christ may transform us, but there's some lingering stuff there that we we battle with. So, I think I've said enough there. Um, Accountability is a good thing, in my estimation, in the Bible's estimation. We need that as a church. Thirdly, uh, third reason you should become a member of your local church is... Care. Care. First Peter 5.2. Uh, he's talking to elders, shepherds. Be shepherds of God's flock that's under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. So, in Peter's mind, there are overseers. We call them elders of the church. And they're supposed to shepherd the flock under their care. Well, who are those flock that's under their care? Membership makes it crystal clear who's in. Who are we responsible to care for? Well, it's these members. We're accountable to God to care for these members. That's a serious responsibility. Now, you might say, I'm a regular attender. Do you not care about me? And I would say, yes, we care about you. 
well, then how, how can you preach like that if you still care about me too? Well, think of it like this. Uh, a few years ago, uh, I gave up my bed uh, for my mother and father-in-law to sleep in when they were visiting. And I was sleeping in a less comfortable bed. Let's put it that way. And I woke up that morning, and I had a, a, a huge pain in my neck. And I was like, I'm going to see it. I'm like, what, what's going on here? You know, maybe I'll just sleep it off the next night. I didn't sleep it off. And then I felt the pain traveling down my arm. Not a good sign, right? <laughs> Something is pinched in my neck. And so I went to my chiropractor, and uh, actually she wasn't available that day, but I'm kind of in pain. So I'm like, give me the other chiropractor. I've never seen her before. I don't really know her, but I'll see anybody right now. Just work on me. I don't, I don't want to feel this anymore. And so uh, I saw the other chiropractor. She was really nice. She worked on me. She cared about me. Good. It was good stuff. But the way she adjusted me was not the same way as my original chiropractor, who really knew me, you know, knew how my neck is and, and kind of knew my issues. And, 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 and she, would really, she would really crank on my neck. It was really good, you know. Um, I mean, really gave me a good adjustment. And so my analogy goes like this. If you become a member, chances are we're going to find out who you are. Maybe you don't want that, but we're going to find out who you are in a deeper way so that we can care for your needs in a deeper way. It's kind of like choosing a primary care physician, you know? That person's going to walk with you through the years and the different stages of your health. They know you. They know you. Doesn't mean if you don't see a doctor, a one-shot doctor, like, look, I couldn't get into my regular person. I need you. I need you today. They're going to care for you. They're going to love you. It's going to be good. But I think the care level is a little different. I think that's how it practically works out. So if you're not a member, please, please hear me. We love you, and if you call me to come visit you in the hospital or come pray with your family, I will be there. I will be there, you know? And I will love being there. It's an honor to be there. But there is this thing with care, you know, and saying, I'm part of this church. I want to be known by this body. I want to receive care from them. Hopefully I explained that well. Um, okay. Um, fourthly, responsibility. Number four, responsibility. If you become a member of your local church, you are saying, I am responsible for the things that go on in this church. Ephesians 4.11 says, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God's goal is that you become like Christ, that you'd attain, that you would, you would attain to this, what he calls the full measure of Christ. And that happens as leaders prepare the body for works of service that will build the body up. My job is to prepare you to build this body up. You can build this body up if you're a member. You can build this body up if you're a regular attender. You can build this body up. But if you are become a member, you are saying, it's my responsibility. If this church is not doing well in a certain area and I see it, I, I can't just show up and complain and say, well, why don't you do this? No, you're also saying, I need to do something about it. It's on me too. I'm a member here. 
if you came to this church and say you have a burden for kids ministry, we have fun club going on here. But let's say we didn't have fun club going on. And you came to this church and said, this church has nothing for kids and it breaks my heart. I'm going to the church down the street. See, members don't say that. Members say, you don't have a kid's ministry. That breaks my heart. I'm passionate about that. What can I do to help this happen? That's the difference there. Responsibility. You can't complain. You now have to jump in. That's responsibility. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about that because I'm looking at spiritual gifts next week. Okay? Uh, fifthly is leadership. Leadership. Uh, Paul writes to Titus, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So straighten those people out, Titus, and then appoint some elders. One of the necessities of every single church is to have godly leaders. How do you get godly leaders? Well, you kind of have to know who's in and who's not. Who's a member, first of all? And then do they meet certain qualifications, which we're going to look at later this month too. But members get to elect leaders. And it makes perfect sense because if you're just showing up at the church like off the street, and we're so glad that you're here, but we don't know anything about you. Should you be electing leaders if we know nothing about your salvation testimony? Do you even know Jesus? But members have gone through the process saying, I agree with this church. The doctrine is correct. They believe the right things. I, I am a believer. I'm going to give you my testimony. And then we vote on you. You become a member. And then you're able to help choose the leaders of this church. You have a vote. You have a say. And if something's not right, if we've got a person up for leadership and they should not be, you have a responsibility to step forward and say, wait a minute, as a member, this isn't good. So members have voting rights to choose leaders in this church. That's pretty significant. Pretty significant. I'm getting to the end. The end, we're, the end are kind of more short, um, so we won't spend too much time here. But number six is legal requirements. Legal requirements. Paul says, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So, God sets up authorities, and authorities say to be a rec- legally recognized organization, you've got to have certain positions filled. You know, like trustees, overseers, elders. You've got to have certain people doing things in the church to be legally recognized. We've got to have that. Where do we find these people to do these different official positions? We find them from the membership. So, so there's legal reasons we have members. And then finally... Uh, lastly, the denominational voice. Denominational voice. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you're circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem and to see the apostles and elders about this question. So the church appointed Paul and Barnabas to go to Jerusalem and try to figure out this major issue. Like, if you want to become a Christian, do you have to become like a Jew? Do you have to be circumcised to be a Christian? And so they were appointed to go and represent for that issue. Our denomination also sometimes asks for representatives from local churches 
to show up at denominational meetings and have a voice, have a vote. Again, if you'd like to be a part of that, you have to be a member. So there's a voice in this denomination. I don't know how you feel about denominations, but I love the free church. Just just putting my own cards on the table. I love the free church that we are autonomous and that we govern ourselves, and yet we're connected to a Christ-exalting denomination. We work together. All right, I think that's a wonderful thing. You know, we do crisis response stuff together. Um, they, they send help to us. We, I, I meet with them every other month, you know, and, and talk about church stuff. I mean, they're, they're just great, great people in the free church and in this Forest Lakes district. Um, so regardless of how you feel about the organized church, um, this is the reality we live with. And I think the goal is to be as, as Christ-exalting a denomination as possible. And I believe we have that. So... Um, again, if you would like to discuss any of these things, if you'd like to push back on any of these things, we do cross-training. It'll be at uh, 1045 right over here. You grab your coffee downstairs, get yourself all worked up, come back, and then we'll, we'll fight it out, okay? Just, I'm just kidding. No one's ever fought with me over here. It's, it's been wonderful. There, there's been wonderful unity. Even when we disagree, it's really fun to disagree over here, okay, because... There's a wonderful spirit of unity and love, and I really appreciate that. But if you want to talk about any of these things, that's a great place to do it. Or if it's a private conversation, you call me up and let's, let's talk. Let's just talk about it. I just want to encourage you to consider becoming a member of the church you regularly attend. On February 15th, um, we have our membership class here, Saturday, the 15th of February. If you'd like to become a member of this church, that's the first step. You can call the office, get yourself signed up for that class. We'd love to have you here. I'm going to pray and then invite the worship team up to sing another.